0: Welcome to Rebuilders, this is the intrepid sound guy, Daniel, behind the microphone today. I'm normally back behind my desk with screens and audio interface, kind of monitoring the recording, but today I'm in the podcast studio by myself. I'm uh, I'm not hijacking it for my own pastry-based lifestyle show, um, which would be interesting. Um, But instead, we wanted to re-release a couple of episodes that we recorded about a year and a half ago after the launch of Mark's book, Reappearing Church. Now, we recorded these episodes centered around principles of renewal and encouragement towards leaders, and followers of Jesus really, just to engage with God's heart for renewal at this time and what are some of the principles and postures that we can be stepping into in that space. And so these episodes um, really are, are coaching tools and they're resources to actually pause along the way and reflect on the questions that are asked And so I wanna encourage you to grab your journal as you're listening and pause throughout the episode to to reflect and ask "Oh, what are you wanting to speak? What are you wanting to to draw me into? So I've got two kind of recordings in this episode. The first one is changing old patterns. And the second one is who to look to in times of renewal. Now you can find these as videos on our YouTube channel. So if you head to rebuilders.co and click the YouTube icon, you can also watch this as well. So enjoy. Well, the first
1: renewal principle is really this concept of moving from a mode that is regular to a mode of renewal. Uh, Humans are very pattern-based creatures. We get stuck in certain habits and we like an equilibrium. So when we realize that God wants to bring a renewal, when we realize that he wants to renew us, that he wants to do something new, he wants to grow his church, he wants to grow us as disciples, we have to realize that. He's gonna wanna interrupt the patterns that we're currently in. And so we have to realize that the patterns of life and ministry, which are not delivering renewal, continuing to do them is not gonna bring renewal. So if what you're doing is not bringing renewal, you can't continue to do what you're doing. Sometimes God will ask us to be persevere and and to um, continue to do something because eventually it's about building up our obedience But there's also this reality when it comes to moments of renewal that it's like the atmosphere changes. God wants to deepen things. God wants to expand things. God wants to do new things in us. So there's this realization that if we're going to be aligned with renewal, things are going to have to change. And there'll need to be almost an assessment, an accurate and honest assessment of what we're doing now. What do we need to start doing and what do we need to stop doing? That's one of the first starting points when it comes to pushing into renewal. Okay, so one of the first things that we need to do to embrace a renewal mode rather than a regular mode is understand that we're gonna have to change and we're gonna have to grow. So we've established that the patterns that we're doing are not going to, if they're not delivering renewal, they're not gonna deliver renewal in the future. So we have to change, and that change will be inevitably about us changing. Personal renewal leads to corporate change. So before we can change something bigger, we've actually got to change ourselves. Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset, um, which was hugely popular and has a really helpful concept in it. It's a secular book, but has this really helpful principle that people get stuck in two mindsets. One is the fixed mindset, where we see our identity, which is linked to our achievements. And then a growth mindset where we have an understanding that we need to be continually growing. So for people whose identity is connected to what we're doing, the patterns that we're engaged with, maybe even some of the indicators of success that may be coming through the current patterns that we're involved in, um, that can be a thing which stops you. So there's an element where what we need to do is move from an identity based in what we're doing, which is very fixed, to understanding that renewal is about continual growth. God wants to continually grow us. We're growing in Christ-likeness, growing to be more like the person that God wants us to be. So if you wanna jump on this train towards renewal, you're gonna have to understand that you're gonna have to grow. And that's actually gonna shake the foundations of your identity that's gonna actually shake the foundations of what's normal for you. But what's great about a growth mindset is we understand that's part of life, that's part of the renewal that God wants to bring to us. So the first thing we're gonna do is you gotta accept and understand that change is gonna happen and that growing is good and something that we need to step into. I think in order to know what we shouldn't be doing, we have to first grasp what we should be doing. Uh, Stephen Covey said in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he asked the question like, what are you not doing now that if you did do, would massively move forward your development or move forward the goal that you want to achieve? And if we look at that through a, a renewal framework, we need to ask the question, what are we not doing now that if we did, would help us align and, and sow into the renewal that God wants to bring. So when I looked at my life through that lens, and that's a question I asked myself, it then brought like a new perspective on what I was currently doing. I realized that you can fill your life with a lot of things that seem like they're important, that are ticking certain metrics, but actually not achieving a whole lot. Um, even just in ministry, you can be doing lots that seem to keep the wheels turning, um, seems to keep things continuing to move and things not falling apart, but are they really being renewal? So for example, one thing that is in every renewal is a hunger for prayer. People spend huge amounts of time crying out for God. You see that all across the place in in history when when renewals come. There's a sense where God brings a conviction to pray, and people pray in a contending sense. So I realised that for me, for my church, for me as a leader, for my family, uh, for leaders in the church, we need to be people of prayer. And at Red, we're starting to see a culture develop where people are coming and praying and, and spending that time on their knees. Now, if you're not asking the question, what do I need to do that would massively move things forward to renewal, You're not going to think of, man, I need to look at the hours I have in a week and I need to spend some of what I'm doing now, which is just spinning the wheels, not really achieving much, and swap that out for renewal. I mean, I think the key, just to to also um, make really clear, renewal is not achieved by people running around like headless chickens. So for people who are in ministry or people who are just, you know, working jobs and they're like, man, I got to do all this extra stuff. Now you don't actually necessarily have to do extra stuff. You need to stop doing something. So what is what are the fillers in your life? We live in a time when um, there's an inordinate amount of time stolen from us. Time is now a commodity. Um, your attention is up for grabs. Um, companies benefit from stealing time from you. The CEO of Netflix recently said that they see your sleep as almost a field to be exploited. That if we can take the time that you're sleeping and get you watching our programs, that means we're they're gaining. They're making money from that. Our, our devices steal time from us. No longer do we stand at the bus stop and just think we actually grab our phones. Um, so. Looking at how you spend your time. Time is a resource. Humans are finite creatures. And how do we rearrange our priorities? Recapture time. When we recapture time and divert it to God's purposes, that makes that time holy again. That's an act of worship. So it's not like, don't do A, B, C or D. Rather, this is a heavily prioritizing. And when, we, when we're when we pressing into renewal, it means we're going to reprioritize the whole of our lives. Um, so yeah, I don't have like, it's going to look different for different people, but I think first work out what you need to do, particularly just ask that question, what am I not doing now that if I did would massively move things forward for renewal? make that front and center, make that a priority. And that means something's gonna have to drop off the bottom of the list. The second thing we got to realize is that we need to get to what I call the Blackaby point. Um, The Blackaby point is my shorthand version of explaining a concept that Richard and Henry Blackaby outline in their book, Experiencing God. And what they say is that God will present people with a God-sized challenge. His dreams for the world are huge. His dreams for you are huge. And we cannot accomplish them in our own strength. Renewal cannot be done in our own strength. It happens when people get to the end of themselves. Now, what's interesting, what, what, what the Blackaby point is, when God says, this is what I'm calling you to, and we look at it and go, oh my goodness, I cannot pull that off. So weirdly, when it comes to renewal and that change moment, that growth moment is understanding that we have to step into a position of helplessness, of actually realizing that God's calling us to this great challenge, but we actually cannot do it ourselves. at that point, we become humble, we become open, where we're you know clay in the potter's hands. So we have to get to the, the blackerby point of realizing you cannot bring this renewal with more human striving with more of human endeavor that this is the moment where we step into God actually starting to lead us because we can't do this ourselves now. Because we have an innate tendency to want to do it ourselves, humans are continually falling back on trying to prove our own worth, our identity is connected to what we do, Um, and we're often looking for affirmation and identity around us. When we realize that we can't do it in our own strength, when we need to move from a regular mode to a renewal mode, one thing we need to do is, is change the metrics of how we measure ourselves and what discipleship, what ministry looks like. Most of us as humans look to other people. So what we can tend to do is we can tend to look for what what is the baseline of what we should be doing. We can look at that in two ways. Number one, we can look at people who are worse off than us. Um, I found this. There's times when um, you can be looking at where am I, where you want me to be, God. Man, I'm better than that person. Instagram, sadly, is a wonderful tool for this where you can look at other people and get all kinds of like judgmental on them and go, at least I'm better than what they're doing. Um, The second thing we can do is we can see the baseline of often the crew we're running with, our friends, people we're in ministry with. They become the baseline of what our standard of Christian behavior, Christian um, ministry, Christian discipleship looks like. For me, when God started to prepare me for renewal, one thing that he did was, was he said, Stop looking for the baseline from your peers and look to the great saints of history of Christian history who have done incredible things for me. Instead of looking at what my pals were doing who were in similar ministry environments, who were similar ages and similar contexts and doing the sort of church or ministry that I wanted to do, stop looking at them and start looking to, to Wesley. You know, look to what Jonathan Edwards did, look to what you know these great leaders and, and deep saints throughout history did. And then I began to study them. So what God did for me, he, he had me in this process for six months where he said, read these people. I read about John Stott, Spurgeon, um, Wesley, um, Martin Lloyd-Jones, all these different people I would read about. And I, I felt God say, don't do what your mates are doing. Do what those people did. How did they study scripture? How much time did they give to prayer? What were the standards that they were reaching for? So instead of letting your peers be baseline, normal, actually in renewal, your peers are not bringing renewal. You actually need to look to the people in history who brought renewal. And that is like raising the standard of what God's calling us to. Now, again, you cannot do that in your own strength. I can't be those people. And I'm not arrogant enough to think, oh, I'm the next John Wesley or John Stott. But let them be like almost your personal you know, coach um, and, and, and be dragged upwards to where they are. And when we start doing that, all of a sudden you'll notice these renewal patterns begin to emerge in your life.
0: As God sort of led you to be looking at biblical figures and uh, historical figures that have followed God and led to renewal, what are some of those postures and ways of living that you have taken from them and the way that they live and applied?
1: Yeah, as you move from seeing your peers as a comparison to comparing yourself to the great heroes of faith, to biblical heroes, um, I think there's a few key things. Um, One, you understand the importance of why God made you. Um, When we compare to others, we can almost get to this lowest common denominator. We start to go, you know, what's a sort of cool, popular, quasi effective person look like in the 21st century. When you look at the people that God used at key moments, there's a sense where they begin to understand why God has created them. They understand the role that they're playing at that time. Um, They understand that what they're doing is key in bringing God's renewal and you begin to see yourself differently. I would say that they begin to understand how God sees them rather than the world sees them that often we're defined by the scripts that have been spoken over us. Uh, Sometimes they can be really horrible, almost like curse words, you're rubbish, you're terrible. Other times it could be like, hey, you're the good person. You're not meant to rock the boat. Um, But people who push into renewal, who become then our guide, are people who understand that what God has called them to trumps what the world is pulling them down to in that sense. So there's an element of not belonging, which is really interesting. There's this element that to bring renewal, I'm not going to fit in and belong in the way that I would if I just towed the line. So there's an understanding that there's going to be some difficulty, going to be some distance. Another thing that I noticed is that they prayed bold prayers. Um, John Wesley said, you know, the world is my parish. That's a big vision statement. Um, He understood that God was calling him and then inspiring others through him to see the entire world as his mission field. Not just to have this concept of his just spiritual domain was just the local parish that he was called to. Now there still might be people who are called to be renewal in their local parish, but you see again and again, God put a holy discontent in these people. They were not satisfied. They wanted to see, not just get church, get to stable, but actually see God's purposes rained out. So they set themselves, they prayed bold prayers and then lived as if God was going to answer those prayers. That's, that's, that's really key. The second thing is that they're just people of prayer. That again, you see prayer again and again. Um, Dawson Trotman, who is the founder of The Navigators. Um, I remember reading his biography when I was young. He, he he died young, saving someone from drowning, and it always really impressed me as a young person, even before I was really following Jesus, that story I'd heard. Uh, my parents were in the navigators uh, when I grew up, and I remember just reading in his biography, there was a time when he just felt really down, but he would go off with his Bible, and he would spend time with God and come back recharged. And you can see that in a multiple You know, any of these biblical heroes, you see that again and again. Jesus went off to a quiet place. Um, And I remember it struck me that when I'm down or discouraged or anxious, there's an element that I want certain things to medicate that. I want reassurance from people. Um, And look, friends and people can bring solace and so on. But what I realized about these great heroes is they took it to God first. God was their first point, point of call. That he was their resetting point. That that thing that Jesus did, as I just said, of going to that lonely place. You see that again and again. in His ministry: go to the Father, dwell in the Father. Um, you know, be that vine. Um, you know, you know that that connected to to God. That's just an absolute key thing. Also, there were people of the Word. I just keep seeing that again and again. These people just didn't read their Bible because they had to. Scripture became the entire story world, thought world, frame world, everything that they lived in was really like like someone who's learnt to dance the tango for years where they understand their partner and they know all the micro movements through muscle memory. Scripture plays that kind of role in all of these great people. So they can read the scriptures and then what they're seeing in the external world, it's like this dance where the two go seamlessly and they understand therefore that they're playing this story as well. I think also the other thing with, with great people of God is there can be people who almost like, have a Messiah complex, but I think great people of God also finish well so often. They understand that God calls them to something for a time. They understand that they're using this their life as a contribution to God's bigger thing, but they're not God. They're not Jesus. Um, and so they train other people well. They have systems which replace people after them. They think forward. They want to invest in the future they, they also, interestingly, learn from the past. Um, you see so many of them have the same books come up. Um, so many of them read the devotional books that have sustained the church through through history. Um, so there's this really interesting anchoring in the past, but also investment in the future, but living that fully in the present. They're just a few of the ways that I looked at and thought, man, that's different to the people around me. I want to try and live by those principles and
0: and, and, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, exciting way to live. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I hope that that has been really helpful as you consider what does God want to do in your life as he prepares you and prepares his church for renewal. Sit with that. Let the Spirit minister to you and lead you forward. Catch you next time.